welcome back to the Burning Eye podcast. My name is Bridget. I'm the co-editor of Burning Eye Books. If you've been tuning into some of our episodes before, welcome back. Um, if you're tuning in for the first time today, then hello. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, just to update you on a few things that we've been doing. So last Sunday, we launched the new Agnes Torek book, All the Days We Don't Revolt, live on our Instagram chat. Uh, where Agnes took over the Instagram account and did a live reading and then I joined the conversation and we did a little bit of a QA. and a um, So just want to say thank you everyone for joining in with that um, and all the lovely comments and things. It was really something very nice to be part of and was our first try at a live um, event like that. So um, I think it went really well. And in the spirit of that, we're going to be doing another one on the 8th of April at 7.30pm British summertime, standard time, whatever the time is. I'm never sure, you know. Uh, yeah, so 7.30 with Maria Ferguson on our Instagram live account. She'll be joined by some very special guests, including Matt Abbott. Um, she'll be reading some poems from the book. There'll be some 90s dance parties, some Prosecco going on. Um, it's going to be a really nice evening. So um, do, if you don't already follow us, please do follow us on um, Instagram. We are at Burning Eye Books um, and it will be really lovely to see you there. So today on the podcast, um, I had the absolute pleasure a few days ago of talking with Biceps author Laurie Eves, who released his collection, um, debut collection, uh, a few weeks ago because of the the pandemic going on at the moment, we are kind of pushing our schedule back. We're not cancelling the schedule. The schedule is still going ahead. All the books that you are looking forward to this year will still be coming out, um, but just at later staggered dates. Um, so we'll, we'll let you know. But basically that means that we'll probably be doing about two books a month. So right now we're concentrating on our authors who came out in March and showing them a little bit more love, um, especially because all three... Maria, Agnes and Laurie have all had a lot of gigs cancelled and lot lost lost a lot of money um over the course of the next few months. Um so we're trying to do everything we can to promote and push their book out into the world. So I had a wonderful time talking to Laurie Eves, interviewing him about Biceps, his debut collection, asking him to do a couple of poems. So I'm gonna be quiet now, um, and I'm gonna press press go on that record so that you can listen to it. Um, but ver- thanks very much for tuning into the podcast and we hope you enjoy it. It's nice to hear from you, Laurie. Hey, Bridget. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, all right. In weird, weird isolation. How's things with you? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. I think I've been... So this is the beginning of my third week of isolation, apart from mm-hmm. coming back from Bristol to Southampton to stay at my mum's. Um, yeah, I'm kind of okay with it, really. I'm I'm all right with with social distancing because that tends to be what I do anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure at some point this week it's going to hit me a little bit harder again. Um, you know, I yeah, think it's, it's coming in waves for a lot of people. Definitely, it's been a very strange couple of weeks. I've also like relocated this week completely. So yeah, it's been a been a strange time for everyone I think good time to release a book (laughs) yeah yeah which is incidentally why we're here today to talk about your book your amazing book biceps um which came out a few weeks ago um it did yeah it did 
I remember uh, picking it up on the submissions pile and um, seeing that Laurie Bolger had looked over it and um, was like, okay, I'm intrigued. And um, and <laughs> I had, weapon. yeah, and, and the past couple of years I've been kind of processing and getting over a long-term relationship. And um, it, sometimes things just come to you at the right time. And I remember reading it. And and a lot of a lot of the submissions I read, I will admit now on the podcast, as I do in workshops, <laughs> is <clears throat> you know a lot of the time I, I to save time I will read the first couple of poems, then the middle poem, and then sort of the end. And I remember your this collection being one that I read the whole way through, um, because it was it was it was really lovely. It was like reading a movie. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's a bit it's a bit of a weird one. I definitely didn't set out to just end up writing some kind of like. Yeah, kind of. Someone like was telling me it was more like a novella the other day, and I was like, "I guess so." I didn't really <laughs> intend to write a story; it just kind of happened <laughs> accidentally. It, yeah, but I love it. I think it's great. I think it it has a charm, and it's um, it's very um, it's very nice to read something and feel, oh, I'm I'm not alone in in those weird feelings or those weird times when you're like picking yourself back up again and then something happens and you know like it's very humanizing the book I think yeah it's um it's a weird thing of writing a lot of very 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 personal stuff and often like including a lot of quite sort of intimate kind of personal objects or or thoughts and I guess you kind of just have to trust that other people will recognize something of themselves in it yeah um and that seemed to have worked it's, it's so it, it's really a weird thing that that occurs but that that's always what I love about hearing poetry is someone's not going to tell you exactly what your exactly what your experiences are but they, they'll say something that maybe makes you think of something in your own life and fill in that point out that little gap to you yeah like yeah there was um you know poetry is a a, re- a reader of of poetry is always someone that you know fills in the gaps for themselves and puts in their own little sprinkles of own experience into the poem that's what makes it theirs that's why when we write a poem we put it out into the world it doesn't just belong to us anymore yeah for sure which is yeah what I'm getting used to with like my mum having read it and stuff now (laughs) (laughs) yeah parents can be tricky when it comes to poetry collections I remember my Mm. mum being really annoyed that I hadn't written a poem about her for my collection um and she was like how dare you not write about me and you can't please everyone you're like mum I was going for you know a specific thing here okay there's a there's a theme and she's like I don't care I am your mother (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my mum turns up in the book once um in one poem and like yeah she texts me after she read it and uh I was like oh what's she gonna say like obviously there's a lot of like very personal very deep stuff in here she's like I made it I made it in (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks mum you're all right great see that's what I should have done cameo yeah that's what I should have done a little one-liner for my mum oh well and then my mum walked in (laughs) yeah perfect great just at the end of a page like a footnote Oh no. Next collection, just last last time we can just be that. <laughs> Sorry, Mum, you're not a footnote. I love you. Um so 
I mean, before you sent us the collection, like I said a bit earlier, you had um, some Burning Eye Poets look over and kind of edit it with you and stuff. Mm. How was it working with Hannah and Laurie? Yeah, so it was really... Um, if you take it right back to when I started working on the book, um, I started working on it in April or May 2018. Um, and... Basically, uh, Laurie Bolger, uh, also a Burning Eye poet, was a good friend of mine, um, and we just decided to go and have a massive pub lunch. The the classic, classic, um, classic Bolger, yeah. classic Bolger. Classic Bolger. <laughs> it was what we're going to do. Let's get down the pub. Let's have a let's have a, a good old Sunday roast. Um, which has actually turned into us going for an AGM every year, which is quite nice. That, that's <laughs> like really an annual sweet. general meeting of <laughs> what is going on with our lives. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we had this, we had a pub lunch. And at the time, yeah, so I just, um, a couple of, a couple of months previously broken up with my partner of seven years. Um, Ooh, and, snap there, snap, oh, yeah. That was, right. yeah. yeah, no, no. What is it with seven, seven years? years seven years a, I don't know. I don't know thing. if anyone. I don't know if you've ever seen the Marilyn Monroe film, The Seven Year Itch. Seven Year Itch. Yeah. But I remember watching that when I was young and being like, oh, "It's just men. They're disgusting." And now I'm like, "Oh no, it's actually a thing, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah it's weird. <laughs> Sorry. It's weird. I kept talking. I kept. It's not just you. I kept talking to people who were like, "Yeah, that seventh year is the one." <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> really oh, strange. Weird, weird stuff. Anyway, sorry. Go yeah. on. Laurie, so lunch. we um <laughs> we went for a pub lunch and I'd been writing loads. Um, I like I guess it was cheaper than therapy. Um, <laughs> so I was just writing a lot, and at the time, I was also doing. Um, do you know uh, Tim Clare's podcast, the um, Death of a Thousand Cuts podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. I was doing the um, Couch to Eighty K thing that he does in that um which is like a free online writing course okay um and so i was and then i did napo rimo in april anyway i was just writing lots and it was just a lot of unfiltered not really knowing what it was like when, when i had this pub lunch with laurie it was like uh and yeah just to clarify for listeners, when I, when we say Laurie, I don't mean me. I mean Laurie Bolger. When I say I went I went for a pub lunch with Laurie, it just makes me sound like I have a, have a problem, right? Yeah, um, maybe we we should call her something else. Let's just call her Bolger. Just just say Bolger. Bolger. Um, not to be confused with Michael. Um, yeah. Anyway, he. Uh, I was like, I've just been writing loads of stuff, Laurie. What is going on? What I don't even know what this is. Is it a play? Is it? Uh, is it? novel is it i don't even know and she just went look mate i think it's probably a poetry book let's just cut the crap and you're going to write a poetry book ignore <laughs> all these other things that's what you're going to do I'm like, oh okay right how <laughs> um and so she the first thing she did was say okay well how much stuff have you written um not just in that three months but in the years beforehand as well i've been doing spoken word on and off since 2009 um and uh i went home went through all my files and folders and all my like crappy like half ideas that never went anywhere and i went i've got 170 
things <laughs> might be poems. <laughs> and she said, make a top 40. I made a top 40. Um, and over those first couple of months of working on it, it kind of changed into being starting to starting to turn into a manuscript by just kind of spotting the connections between the things yeah between the different poems um and then from that starting to spot where gaps were of like oh well if it if i'm hitting that tone or idea here maybe i need to balance that with something over there um and um and I gave Laurie the first draft in, God, like June, I want to say, 2018. Yeah. Um, and uh, got feedback from her, which was awesome. Um, and she basically, like, acted more, like, less like an editor and more like a producer. <laughs> it was like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rereading your new things and suggest tweaks here. And it was almost like a not like fully collaborative but it was like it was a, a lot of her input on it basically in those early stages yeah and and it's useful to have someone like that who's more of like a like less like a, oh i'm just going to read it for your you know your spelling and whatever but more for your i'm going to push you on the content yeah 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 i think that's very valuable isn't it a lot of the time Mm, it's like a referee yeah and especially when you're using an entire poetry collection to work out something you know you really want to uh be able to challenge yourself as much as possible with that i think do you have you noticed a change in you know how you were feeling about the situation when you were writing it then and how you're feeling about it like now as a finished product yeah i guess like so I've been thinking a lot about some of the early, uh, earliest versions of some of them, obviously having brought it out now. Like, a good example is, like, there's a poem where it's called uh, How Do You Know, which is um, one that's kind of listing different reasons of how, of, of things you might say of why you know that you love someone. Yeah. And... Um, when I first wrote that and gave it to Laurie, first off, it was like a five-page bit of prose or something. Then by the time I gave it to Laurie, it was, um, what was it? Uh, it was this thing, it, it was a, like a daddy long legs was in it. It was like a scene and it was all about this daddy long legs. And then that, that she was just like, no, cut that completely. It's not about that at all. We're going to rework it entirely. Like... Uh, you're going to use the title as the way into the poem to kind of explain the context. And yeah, it was just very, very, a lot, a lot of reworking and, and cu- cutting things down massively as well, which, I mean, the poems are really short. They're way shorter than anything I've been playing before. Yeah. I think that's the thing with the, the where you come across working with a lot of spoken word artists is that when they come to me with their um, with their poems or the you know the ones that they find in the back of their notebooks or in the bottom of their bags at some point you know it's mm. it is a lot of um, uh, unedited unstructured pieces a lot of monologues and and I'm not really <laughs> sure how to put this on the page and things like that and like it's such a 
it's such a thrill to be able to get to be able to be like right okay we're gonna move this down to this line and things like that that's what i get a thrill out of like being mm. able to like find those line breaks um you know find how this is going to go on the page where you know if you want to like experiment with the form and things like that and um you know though especially with those longer pieces because you can really play around with those longer pieces mm. um and make them into something completely different and um i can i can definitely see the influence that that Laurie Bolger's had on the collection there's a there's definitely a warmth there that I would associate with Laurie's first collection box rooms hmm. it's a great collection I love it um and actually it was one of the first things I read at the time of uh that breakup and I, I'd read it before oh it's such <laughs> it a good breakup book <sighs> it is it is it was one of and I, but I didn't realise I was going to be writing a breakup book. That just kind of naturally just sort of happened. happened. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. I, there was a point where before I sent Laurie the first draft, I just texted her and said, look, mate, I, I've got to tell you something. I just, this is going to be Jagged Little Pill. There's no, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. It's going to happen. Um, and it was just like, okay, well, if that's what it's going to be, then that's what it's going to be. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, you and I have obviously talked punk and Riot Girl and things like that before, which is great because mm-hmm. everyone knows that I love a good punk band. Um, yeah. And I don't really ask a lot of people this, but uh, what are the, if any, what are the musical influences on Biceps? So it's very, very punk influenced, actually, and specifically US punk. I went through uh, in 20. 20- 18 i just out of nowhere started getting massively into um bands like the minutemen specifically were a massive influence on the book um i loved how most of their songs were kind of like 50 seconds and then it was like okay that's done no chorus it was fine we made the point let's let's get on with it um and that was just such a brilliant it genuinely inspired how short the poems are in the book. It's this this kind of feeling of no, I can make that, I can cut that back, I can make it more economic. Um, was a really interesting way of pushing my writing by restraint by going <laughs> no, actually, you can say that in fewer words. You can make that shorter um and get the point across without losing the meaning in a shorter way um which was really fascinating um to me um so that but also uh, have you read um our band could be your life no. uh, michael azarad book no. really really recommend it it follows a bunch of underground diy bands um, I think it's 13 bands in the US um, punk scene from 1981 to 1991, I think it is. Okay. So it's like following like Minor Threat, Fugazi, uh, oh, nice. Black Flag. Um, all the men. Like, all the men. All the men. Sadly, there's too many men in it. I agree. Yeah. Um, but it's a really interesting one to see how the networks grew how the kind of the idea of of making your own infrastructure 
Yeah. And the kind of uh, independent ethos. I found it really interesting to know more about that in the US because I didn't really know much about it. I knew about it to more of a degree here through my parents' records, but it was interesting to find out more about that and uh, just, yeah, have that feeling of, fuck it, I'm going to write a book. Have you got a publisher? No, I'm just going to do it and see if anyone's <laughs> interested. Like, you know. Um, and yeah. And it worked. It did work. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice work. Um, I think what I, obviously, because we publish a lot of, of different books with Burning Eye, we're not a particular, we're not a publisher who has a particular aesthetic. We like to no. publish a range of voices and a range of identities in, hmm. and, and give them as much autonomy over their own work as possible so that each book is very unique and still holds true to a lot of the performance is there since you um have been performing the poems from the book is that has that influenced yeah. the way that you so sorry i meant that the other way around since you've like done edited and, and produced the book is it i mean it's quite difficult to tell now obviously unfortunately because a lot of gigs have been cancelled but the way that you have performed those poems has that changed mm. since you then put those poems into a into print that's an interesting one so i haven't obviously done that many gigs because of the current situation but um one of the things that's been most interesting with it is this whole project when I was putting it together mostly as poems that I've written in 2018 and a few into 2019 and like not much from before that so yeah as I mentioned I've been doing spoken word since 2009 but like the oldest one in there is probably the first poem and that's maybe about four years old right um so it's been odd in that usually I think or from what I gather from other people who put books together it's okay I've done all a done a bunch of gigs these are the ones that are my dead certs they're they're the bankers they're the ones that are going to win slams i'm going to make sure i get those in the book whereas with this because it was more um more kind of i am gonna write one big story over the course that's told over the course of a book it's I, there's pieces in it that I had ne- I've never done live. I still haven't done them live. And that's a really strange kind of exciting challenge of, okay, well, how am I going to make it work live? Like, if you think about it from that musical perspective again, it would be like you go into the studio and record it before you've performed it to anybody. And that's a weird way around to do it <laughs> um, rather than road testing the all of it first. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right there. I think that is that's going to be interesting, and there might be poems that you only ever do once. Yeah, so for the um, book launch, which was supposed to be in two days, but it's been cancelled. Oh. Um, I was I was going to do the whole thing front to back, um, and I probably still will whenever it happens because it's all one big story, and I might not get a chance to do it that way again. Yeah. But there's yeah. But there's really short pieces in there that, you know, a lot of them are like a couple of lines and maybe they 
are going to be performed pretty rarely, whereas there are other ones that are chunkier and more sort of... Uh, I mean, I don't really feel like any of them are slammy, but they are more performative or can be. Yeah. It's going to be interesting working out what, <laughs> what works. And what the, I'll tell you what is weird, actually, um, is how this process of having written a lot of stuff and then started performing it is sometimes there are bits that you think are going to be fairly serious and people find them hilarious and oh, vice yeah. versa. And you're like, what, why are you laughing at that bit and not at this bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get <laughs> That's that. very strange. Yeah. I get that a lot as well. Like performing and like people will, th- will think that I'm telling a joke and I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's a serious bit. And, and then, mm-hmm. Uh, or then when I like go in for the joke like I've got one particular poem that's like a real hit and miss it's like either people are like crying with laughter or people are just so quiet <laughs> and I'm like yeah. what what is this what is this and incidentally it's a poem about Sleetie Kinney so oh yeah. sweet so it's an unusual one um, I want to hear that one <laughs> <laughs> well did um, you get to see them Sorry, did you get? Yeah, to see I them did. Before? I went to see them in Manchester, and they were great. Oh, and there was a point where it went really quiet, and I was like, "I love you, Corin." She was like, "Oh, I love you too." And I was like, "Oh my god, Corin loves me. We're in love." Um, so cute. So you know, that was the happiest day of my life ever. <laughs> well, and why shouldn't it be? I know. Corin Tucker tells you that she loves you. Absolutely, you've just got to roll so with it. So good. Yeah. So good. So, um, Laurie, I want to ask you if you would mind reading a couple of poems from the book for us today. Sure, of course. Um, I think let's maybe go with the first one. Um, Yes, I was just reading that earlier, actually, and it was filling me all with warmth again. And I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. (laughs) Sure. Okay, I'll start with that. So just going to have a sip of fruit tea. There we go. Um, It's late, guys. (laughs) No caffeine at this time of night. Um, Okay, cool. Um, So this one's called The Story's Better When You Tell It. The story's better when you tell it. Both versions start the same. Two twenty-somethings emerge from Milan Station into sweltering sunshine. Stop to fill bottles for the walk to the hostel. All gospel so far. Our descriptions of him, they're usually similar. Tall. Olive skin, raggy t-shirt. I normally add long nails, grit underneath. You always mention sandals, loose velcro. He speaks Italian at me. I smile, moving naively to shake a stranger's hand. Now, I don't remember if he punched me or whether I just think he did because that's how you tell it. I do remember the split second he tore the bum bag from my jeans, snapping my belt, thinking... It's only money. And then, passports. I have absolutely no idea why I chased him. Somehow, in both versions, I catch him. In your story, I rugby tackle him to the ground, wrestle the bum bag from his grip, and he runs scared. In my head, he puts the whole thing down his pants. He trips. My first memory of this city will always be shoving my hand down the front of a stranger's trousers and escaping with my life. (laughs) When you tell it, you say you'd worried I'd have an asthma attack. I'm not sure I was breathing at all. You call it the moment you knew I was your one. 
I think of it as the day I lost trust in open spaces. You finish by looking deep into my eyes. I quip, so we got the metro after that. You call me brave. I've never been more terrified in my life. The story is better when you tell it. I've forgotten which version is true. That's it. <laughs> lovely yeah i like that i like that bit at the end as well because i have i have things like that stories with my ex that um that i can't quite remember which which version is the truth or not and also partly like also i can tell it how i want now because they're not around so (laughs) (laughs) exactly well that's the that's the joy of being a writer right i hope when you broke up with them you said uh, i am gonna write about this right there is um, yeah there's a there's a lyric from a lord song that is like um uh, bet you rue the day you kissed a writer in the dark. Yeah. And I'm always like, ooh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, Hannah Hartsford would say never fuck a poet. <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, that's that her is, line. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, God bless Hannah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was, a, a, that's a great opening to the book. I think it really sets the scene. Uh, what poem are you going to do next? So I might do, um, where's a good one to do let's do oh let's do this one this one's called Rubos it's quite a short one six years in I'll offer you Rubos tea and you'll say don't you know me at all and I'll drink the whole pot down to dregs and sad lemon looking for the answer that's it That's the whole poem. Yeah, I like that. I, I could really see that being like some kind of thrash punk song. <laughs> Just like, we're done. Three seconds. Yeah, that was it. And then like a really like brash like chorus of Rubios, 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 like over and over again. I like There's that. a video of me doing that one online and the, and the intro is far longer than the poem. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I like that. I love it when people do short poems at the end of their set and they're like, oh, it's just a short one. And you're like, oh, that'll be a medium length oh, one. God, it's it's gonna gonna be another and then sometimes one. it's the last and then they're like two lines. You're like, oh, it was the last one. Oh, but Fine, I want more. Good. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Well, this is the thing. I'm like looking at this book and I'm like, well, I had obviously tour is now up in the air but had gigs booked where it was like oh yeah you're going to be doing a 20 minute set and blah blah, whatever and i'm like for other for other poets right now a 20 minute set is you know a good maybe five poems with with intros four or five i'm like with these some of them are so short that it's just like uh yeah i guess i'll do i don't know 10 yeah yeah it's weird but And guess mm. what you could do as well as, um, you know, not introduce or like give the title for some of them and just let them roll into each other a little bit. Yeah. See, that's what I was going to do with the with the launch was um, basically say I'm going to read it front to back. I'm going to not stop between them necessarily yeah. and see yeah. what happens. Um, I did do a recording of um, of these of all the poems the other day. Um, just at home to potentially use for something i don't know what yet but anyway we'll we'll get to that when we get to it but who knows um yeah um do you want another one or yeah give us another one laurie go on (laughs) 
All right. Um, I'm going to do, uh, do the title poem from the book, Biceps. So just for a, a little bit more context for listeners, the, um, as mentioned already, the book's in three... Well, we haven't mentioned that the book's in three parts, but it tells a story <laughs> of a relationship from the start um, until it eventually ends and then kind of recovery and regrowth afterwards. So there's kind of three parts to it. Part one is all about the relationship itself and eventually kind of moving towards falling apart. The second part is more about the immediate aftermath of a breakup. And then the third part is that kind of recovery stuff. And this is more from that recovery stuff. And it's the title poem from the book and it's called Biceps. On a whim, I buy a 30 kilo set of weights in Argos. The polo neck shopkeeper asks how I'll get them home. I wave at my wonky purple suitcase. He snorts. I haul the weights back to the flat. Count this as my first workout. Take my puffer twice. Find a video online of a buff American instructor. He calls himself coach and probably eats whey protein. For the next 12 weeks, I learn to tell dumbbells from barbells, biceps from triceps. Feel my upper back muscles for the first time in 27 years. Wear shorts in winter, even when the boiler breaks. Become better. Start feeling a discipline I've been missing my whole life. A pen is a lot lighter than your own body weight. <laughs> That's me clapping, by the way. Hey, I should get some kind of like doing clap thing. Yeah, I know. Maybe I should click. Oh no, I hate clicking. <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm against clicking. So I think I over time we're going to get used to these kind of weird, delayed, like fuzzy kind of hand clapping from like what's it online open mics and stuff yeah yeah i do you know what i haven't actually delved into any of the open mic stuff yet i'm a bit scared of it to be honest yeah me too i was chatting about this last night with my girlfriend and we were saying like there's just so much going on online of these i'm getting constant updates of you can come to this and join this online group and, and whatever and it's lovely and I really appreciate the invitations, but it's kind of overwhelming. It's like, yeah, you, it we really wouldn't is. be doing this otherwise. <laughs> like, yeah. I went to like a house party the other day and it was like loads of my friends and they were all in, in couples together, like drinking and, and stuff. And, mm. and I was the only one that was just by myself. So in reality, yeah. I was just sat in the conservatory drinking a bottle of wine in front mm. of, in front of a screen. And, um, I, I just got really bored because there wasn't, someone next to me to also interact with do you know what i mean like it just it, yeah. it was um it still felt quite lonely for me mm. um yeah and yeah yeah but i did go to a really great zoom poetry workshop with shagufta oh yeah you mentioned um yeah. um and she's running them every friday from five to six and they're six pounds a session and they're you know you can go to all of them or just a couple if you want to um, yeah. But they're just really nice because you just get to sit there and, and do a couple of writing exercises. Mm. And, um, I mean, that's, right now, I think that's what's more exciting for me than the online gigs and stuff. Is yeah. okay. Use this opportunity to, to start working on new stuff. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've written to like two, sh two short stories 
which is something awesome. that I've never done before. So <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> I'm like, oh Lovely. my God, I've actually got time to work on my own things. Not just everybody else's. Weird. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Laurie, like, what is the, in the, this awful time that we're having, what is the best way to support you? So the best way to support me um, is to, um, well, it would be lovely if you want to buy a copy of the book. Um, and you can buy that from uh, from Burning Eye, obviously, um, and also from my web shop, which is my name, Laurie Eves, L-A-U-R-I-E-E-A-V-E-S, uh, bigcartel.com. Um, just to shout out that on that uh one on my big cartel i've got a few copies of the book available for a discount for anybody who has been affected by the uh by loss of income with the covid19 stuff going on um so there's a version of it at a cheaper price for anyone who needs that right now and can't afford the full 9.99 great for the time being um but that's the best place to buy it or obviously buy it straight from Burning Eye. Great. Thank you very much. And um, I was just wondering if you would see us out with one more from the book. If you may. Okay. Well, I don't mind which one. Do? I mean, you can do whatever one you want. You know, it could be a thrash, a thrash one or a slightly longer one, whatever you want. A thrash one or a longer one. Okay, yeah. let's have a quick look. I think we should go for um, this is a poem from the end of the book um it's not quite the last one it's the second to last one um and it's a poem called divorcee in her french garden my cousin mary shares beefsteak tomatoes and her heart a patchwork of restitched soul each seam a lesson from life kevlar hemmed in the folds tougher not hardened she stretches out on her plastic patio chair, savors every grain of sea salt on her tomatoes, feels late evening sun warm the blood in her fingers, at ease with herself in the world. Knows the answer to every question is A, B or C, settles wars before they begin. Anyone who knows what to do in a crisis has probably been through a few. No need to search the globe or her mind to find herself. She's right here. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, so Bridget. Nice. Thank you so much for um, chatting with me today. Um, it's been amazing. Thanks for having me. Um, so nice to hear some of the poems from the book and a little bit about more about the book's context and stuff. I love it. Oh. I think everyone else is going to love it. Um, so do check out uh, Laurie's web shop and get a, get a copy of the book from Laurie. Support our poets. Um, they really need you right now. So um, always buy direct from them if you can. If it's easier, if you um, live internationally or for whatever reason, you can also buy it from our uh, web shop. Um, but Laurie, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for taking some Cheers, time Cheers, Bridget. Can, um, I, can I do one final plug? Yeah, plug, plug, plug. Got one other thing I forgot about, which is um, I co-host a podcast called Dead Darlings Podcast, um, which is available wherever you're getting this podcast, um, I'm sure. Um, check it out. We have... Uh, monthly interviews with different poets who we love um, we have a book club where we talk about a lot of books that we like including a lot of burning eye books we've 
chatted about Toby Campion's In Your Blood recently on it, um, which we loved. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, we're, we're still going to be going as far as we can tell through everything that's going on at the moment. So it'd be lovely if people want to tune into that. Great. Thank you. I will I will put a link to everything in the description of this podcast so you can check that out wherever you're listening. And nice one. Yes. 